Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. And to get us started, we thought it'd be great to learn more um, about each other so the audience could learn more about you know, our approaches to coaching, our background, and our experiences. So I'm going to start off with asking LaShawn some questions, and then she's going to ask me some questions about myself, and then we'll jump into more of the content of the podcast. So LaShawn, a question I have for you about your coaching is, what do you want people to know about your approach to coaching? First and foremost, I want people to know that my approach to coaching has more to do with establishing a routine. It's mental fitness training. So mental fitness training is very similar to physical fitness training. A physical fitness trainer is going to help you strengthen your body. I, as a positive intelligence coach, am going to help you strengthen your mind. So it's really about routine in um, greater resilience, uh, peace of mind. It's a way for you to create a sanctuary in your mind. That's what that means is anything else could be going on outside of you, but inside of you internally, you're going to be cool, calm and collected and ready to take on anything. Oh, that sounds like such a helpful approach to, you know, growing and and learning more about ourselves. Um, Describe how you got to this point in your career, uh, both personally and professionally. Well, personally, I have struggled with emotional pain. Um, I had a really rough childhood. Uh, my parents were very busy uh, working and, you know, my mother was uh, bringing up a nonprofit. She was establishing a nonprofit, so she wasn't really there. And when she was there, she was very critical and um, neglectful. <laughs> but then she would like have these things where she would be really angry with us and we wouldn't know why, like what we did. Like we'd be doing certain things that we do all the time, but she's not around and it happened to annoy her and she would just lash out. And my way of dealing with that was finding fault in myself because I couldn't see fault in my mother. She was perfect. She was, you know, my mother. She she took care of me and it couldn't, it wasn't going to sit well with me for her to have fault. So I found fault in myself. So for a very long time, I struggled with depression and emotional um, upset, just really sad all the time. So it was a personal journey that led me to coaching. Um, I wanted to feel better. (laughs) And, uh, And I just really was looking for healing modalities that worked for me. And uh, those were like the conventional ones, psychotherapy, uh, self-help, like, you know, looking at different books. I had a really wonderful family friend who was like, I would say my first life coach, who was always just there to reflect worth and my value. She always treated me so well. And um, that kind of rubbed off after a while, (laughs) took me into my 20s. And then Um, I really started to look at how I wanted to contribute to the world. What was my contribution to the world? So just to give you some background, I was a teacher 
I taught in university in Japan. That was my, I loved working with the students, young adults, Japanese、um, young adults. And I also worked in the US as well. And I just really enjoyed working with them and I, I loved coaching them. And while I was in Japan, my life was changing. Things were becoming untenable in Japan. And I was like, how am I going to, what's the pivot? What am I going to do as a career? And I realized, you know, I really love helping people from being a coach to my students. So I said, oh, maybe I'll just be a coach. So I started training as a coach online. I got my certificate in 2019. And I loved coaching. It did great things for me. But I noticed with coaching, it was a one off thing and it was very intellectual. And There wasn't a lot of transformational changes in coaching. And so I was looking for the missing piece. What was going to help really make changes for me, my, myself, my clients? And I stumbled onto positive intelligence. There was an invitation for coaches to learn positive intelligence. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, what is this? It's like, it's free, it's a $1,000 value.、Um, and We are giving this free to coaches to try so that they can incorporate it in their coaching. I'm like, well, I'll try it. And I am so happy that I did. It changed my life. And talk about transformational changes. Within four weeks of、um, going through the training process, I was able to completely change the way that I related with my children, related to my children.、Um, before, I was very stressed and it was very difficult for me to.、Um, Just enjoy parenting because I was so stressed out and irritable. But when I went through this program, I was able to shift my thinking to understand where this was coming from. And it really changed the way that I saw my children, the way that I interacted with my children. And I still feel this way. And this was when they were little. I have a, an eight year old and a 13 year old now. And my relationship with them is so much better. I'm more present with them. I enjoy them. And I'm also able to see the wonderful possibilities and great things about them. And I'm able to look at challenges that they face with more calm. Because when you're a parent, it's very easy to get really worried and really stressed out when your kids are suffering, because that's like the worst thing ever to see your kids suffering, because there's so little we can do as parents. But one thing we can do as parents through positive intelligence or any kind of training where you can train yourself to remain calm in situations that are stressful is mirror to your kids and model to your kids. This is how we can look at this situation. You're, you're facing bullying, you're facing things that are out of your control, they're out of my control. But let's deal with this in, in a calm way,、um, in a detached way. And, As parents, we can model that. So that's what positive intelligence has done for me personally and for my clients. I've seen my clients make amazing transformations using positive intelligence. Thank you for sharing all of that、um, personal story and, and your professional background as well. You have so much to offer the world from your own experiences.、Uh, I have one more question for you. And my question is. What personality traits and professional traits of you, yours help you thrive? That's a good question. My personality traits and professional traits. My personality traits, I'm a very compassionate person, and I am also 
a listener. And I think with coaching, you need to be a listener, you know, um, it's important for your client to do most of the talking and you to listen and, and observe and mirror and do all those things that wonderful things that coaches do. Um, and I also think that uh, a professional trait of mine is my ability to discern and not judge. Learned as a coach, this is a skill that you learn where you can um, be detached in um, listening to a client, uh, going through whatever they're going through without judging them or without taking on their emotional stress or their emotional upset. Because it's really easy when you're hearing someone's story and it's very moving to kind of take that on and, and be kind of burdened by that. But um, professionally, I think that skill of being able to detach from that and also remain calm when um, helping clients is uh, something that really makes me an effective coach. Yeah. Uh, after knowing you, I would say those are very strong qualities <laughs> of yours as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it's my turn to ask you some questions. <laughs> or do you have more like follow-up <laughs> questions? Or? I don't have a follow-up question at this point. I think I'm a little more curious to learn about the skill of discernment and that is something different from judgment. And I think that could be a whole coaching skills topic for maybe another podcast. But if you do have a few words, you know, feel free to share. Sure. Um, I think judgment is the difference between judgment and discernment is like, okay, for example, let's say um, you have, a friend who comes late when they meet you, well, judgment would be this person is inconsiderate, lazy, you know, those are, that's judgment. But discernment would be um, this person often meets me at a late hour, which is an observation. And if, you know, this were something I, I saw in myself as I, when when this person shows up late, I feel angry or I feel frustrated rather than this person is so inconsiderate. That's a judgment. But discernment is more, it's divorced from that interpretation of the behavior. Is that, is that clear? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that is clear. I like that a last sentence that you included, uh, divorced or separated from that um behavior and i think that as coaches that's a skill that we often develop in our own training and then it's also you know a, a skill that we can use in our everyday lives as well um and so i i think it could make for a an interesting podcast to talk a little bit about more of how that's used in a coaching appointment and also how that might be used in our personal lives thank you that was helpful yeah happy to um, and of course, you know, that's something that I uh, often think about in terms of like, how do I um, define discernment as opposed to judgment? But that's, and I also think it's an emotional thing too. I think you feel differently when you're judging and you feel differently when you're discerning. Uh, there's a calm, kind of detached feeling when you're discerning. And when you're judging, you, you can feel like anger or frustration or sadness. Yes, that's such another important aspect. 
All right. So should I move on and ask you some questions for our listeners? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Let's try this. Great. So tell us um, what you do as a coach and why you do it. Oh, such a good question. Um, So as a coach, I work with adults 18 and older, uh, helping them to honor their grief experiences, whether that's from death loss, divorce, pet loss, life transitions, positive life transitions. That's one that people don't often realize there's still some grieving that actively needs to to happen. Um, So I not only help them honor those losses, but then help them navigate them with authenticity um, by using all my coaching tools and and coaching tools set that I've amassed over the past um, 10-ish years. Uh, You know, like you, I started out in education. I started out as a high school language arts teacher and an avid teacher. And I found the self-development uh, piece of that work so nourishing and so fascinating and so aligned with my skill set. Um, you know, when my high school English teacher asked us what we were going to be when we grew up, one of the things I responded with, and it surprised me, it was like somebody else said this and it came out of my mouth and it was a motivational speaker. And <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was something you know, that I was interested in at the point, but there was something there that, you know, my whole being, my, what I'd say my soul was kind of leading me to. So while coaching is not exactly uh, motivational speaking, it is really believing in people and investing in people to help them develop themselves uh, objectively, wholeheartedly, um, and with, with compassion. So I do this work because um, it's something that gives me meaning, gives me joy, gives me challenge as well. And I specifically work in the grief and loss space, um, given my own experiences with grief and loss. Um, in 2014, my firstborn daughter, Evelyn, um, died at daycare. It was uh, sudden unexplained infant death syndrome. I was driving home from Denver on I-25 and got the call and it was just from there, it's almost still a blur, you know, those, the next kind of few steps that, that happened between that phone call and, and even leading up to here, to be honest. Um, but I've tried many different um, healing opportunities through my grief experience in this um, loss of my daughter, which has included psychotherapy, it's included acupuncture. It's included other healing elements. It's included groups. It's included so many different things. And that happened before I started my career as a professional coach at CU Boulder. And once I got into that world of work, I realized that was one of the missing pieces, even in my own healing, was a coaching approach, uh, an approach that was um, maybe a little bit more wise and a little uh, a bit more individualized. Um, and, and that always stuck out to me. And so when I left my work at uh, the university to stay home with my two daughters, um, my two living daughters now, uh, they're four and, and seven. Um, I wasn't sure what, I, where I was headed in my career or what would happen. I happened to be out on a walk and it was almost just as fierce as that high school language arts experience. 
you know, the teacher saying, what do you want to do? And it just like poured out of me. I want to be a grief and loss coach. And it's like, well, do those exist? Where do you go to school to do that? And, you know, I'd been exposed to grief and loss curriculum, grief share is one of them, um, a lot of other grief and loss materials. Um, so it wasn't, you know, unread in this area. But I knew I wanted to kind of gain a little bit more substantial piece on the grief and loss side since I had already had, you know, the professional coaching certification and the professional coaching experience and um, also have led a coaching program. And so I ended up getting a certificate at uh, the through the University of Wisconsin's online program, uh, a grief specialist support certificate. And then I'm also currently enrolled in uh, Megan Devine's grief care class right now. Um, and I really appreciate her uh, understanding and approach to the way she thinks about grief and grief and loss. So um, that's how I'm here today. And I feel so lucky to be able to do this work and help people navigate those really, really challenging experiences and turn those into something that, you know, the pain will be there, right? And we never kind of let go of that grief in a lot of ways, but turn wherever they're at in their own lives, turn that experience into something meaningful for them. So talking because I just, you just went silent. I know. I just stopped at them. I'm like, and them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Oh, well, first, I really want to uh, thank you for being so, you know, open and honest about your own grief and loss experience. And um, and one of the things that really resonated with me was um, the word that you used, honor. And um, can you speak more to what that looks like to honor your grief, to honor the loss? Yeah, that's a complex question because that looks so different for every individual. And I think that's what it means in honoring. Uh, you know, some people may want to celebrate birth and death dates, for instance, and some people may not. Um, but there is an impact. And it's about honoring, you know, the impact of loss and how that unravels us into what I like to say our own authenticity, right? There's this um, saying that always goes around in grief groups about, you know, when when you lose someone you love, your heart is broken open instead of just broken, right? And so you are broken as every human being is broken and, and whoever says they're not, I would love to meet them and, and learn about them personally. Uh, but you're not only broken from that grief experience, you're now open to love in a new way. And I think that's what honoring is also uh, meaning here. That's really a beautiful thought, like broken open. That's something I really um, feel like I would need to like contemplate and, and really think about what, what that means, but it's, it's a beautiful thought. And it's really interesting about like open to love uh, so because I often see like with with grief that grief can also close you off as well you it, and it can and 
And that can be protective, right, for so many reasons and can be a very healthy grief response. Uh, it's, it's a matter of, you know, really getting to know that individual and understanding, you know, it's okay to be stuck. Is this how long they're wanting to be stuck? Are they feeling good about themselves at this point? And again, not that you have to feel good about yourself and grieve, but there is this way to contain a lot of that hurt to create a space for you to have health, right? Health in your life. Um, and, and I think coaching is one of the ways to open up, you know, when we talk about opening up the heart, <laughs> Uh, and understanding what's in there um, as your authentic self and how do you, you know, want to move forward or move sideways. And sometimes, right, you know, maybe you just lost someone uh, to COVID and you just want to move off the map, right? Go mm -hmm. vacation somewhere, go volunteer in a different country or go travel, you know, and, you know, there's nothing wrong to, sh you know, use the word pivoting earlier and that's one of my favorite words there's nothing wrong with you know pivoting and, and making changes and, and making mistakes in your grief and loss experience as well um but yeah there's a lot to be talked about when it comes to grief and loss and i think our society is especially with covid at such a right time to have those conversations more wholly and less clinically yeah, this kind of segues into my second question, which is, what do you think, what would you want people to know about grief and loss coaching and its benefits? Yeah, I would want them to know that um, in your experience, you know, if you were working with me, we would have an initial call so that I could learn a little bit more about you. And I would also want people to know that, you know, your coaching experience is going to be different, right, than somebody else's, because you are the only one who's lived your entire lived experiences, right? Um, and grief often impacts kind of that history, or looking back at that history, um, and then also kind of our hopes, you know, for the future as well. So coaching helps you look at the kind of past and current and future in a more of, uh, of an objective lens. Um, and that is done by me asking questions that evoke, um, kind of new insights and, and, um, a better understanding of how one makes change in their own life. And we work together then in a collaborative way to co-construct that change that, you know, the individual wants to see. And come up with clear uh, plans and ideas to make that happen. And so for some, it might be a few years of working with the coach till it kind of starts to morph into, you know, very clear change um, pieces. Whereas someone else might just need a few appointments, right? And, and want to just kind of work within the sphere of they know what they really want to kind of address in terms of making an adjustment or change or um, honoring their grief in a certain way. Um, and so 
it, it will look different, right? Um, uh, but the tools I mostly use are um, powerful questioning, powerful listening, uh, really listening to mean what is said, how it's being said, as well as what's not being said. And curiosity is, is I think, really helpful, in, re- in especially in relationship to grief. Um, and then I also use my own personality traits of, you know, I really do believe in people. I'd say I have a humanistic lens of, of everybody has a capacity to, to grow. And, and I don't want to use grow, use that word too lightly because it's not, you don't have to change after a, a grief experience, right? Uh, but what I have found is there are a lot of people who notice they want to make a shift and they just, don't have clarity and the shift is in direct response to the the grief and loss experience yeah and where would someone start like if they felt like you know they might need a grief and loss coach or how would they know they needed one yeah that's a good question because if i think about like historically and even in my own experience looking at how we've dealt you know as a community with grief and loss um, with an American culture you know just you know even individually um I feel like overwhelmingly it was like oh the response used to be oh I, I need some help but it's like I don't know what type of help right or it's just grief I'll get over it or you know these things that were very for lack of better words very American right uh but you know, I don't think they've been very helpful to helping us help others heal. And so, you know, anybody who has had any loss experience, the loss of a car, even, um, you know, the loss of a friendship uh, in an adult friendship um, or a childhood friendship, right? Um, when we do have that loss experience, grief is a part of it. And so people may not recognize that in themselves. So what I would do is I would ask anybody who has had loss and even lost that they were happy for it to be gone. Right. And I know there's a, sometimes in those losses, there's a lot of trauma that, that might better be dealt with in uh, therapeutic set- settings. Right. Um, but just generally speaking around loss asking yourself how do you want to grieve this how are you grieving this what might like what would you like to see happen or change um and really kind of work with a a grief coach and and there's creative tools that are used in those appointments as well um that can help you um uncover what it is you really want and need um as a result of the loss experience. Yeah, those questions that you said, how do, how am I grieving this? How do I want to grieve this? It, it was so powerful because, you know, um, speaking for myself, uh, I, I mean, loss is part of life. And one of the things that I would have to say, a belief that I have is, yeah, this, I'll get over it, you know, but 
it's a very kind of powerless way of looking at it. Like I have no control over this. This is just going to make, make its way through. But when you ask the question, how do I want to grieve this? How do I want to? Then it becomes more empowering and it's less powerless. And it seems to be like a salve on the, the pain and the hurt that comes with loss. So that's one of the things that really resonates with me in terms of like the appeal of grief and loss coaching to me is I can actually be empowered to decide how I'm going to grieve this or what I'm going to get out of this experience. And that's something that I did not attach to grief prior to, you know, meeting you and (laughs) learning about (laughs) what you do. And it's so profound. I just want to just put it out there. It's such a profound shift in perspective when you ask that question, how do you want to grieve this? Like, really? I have a choice there? Wow. How do I want to grieve this? And then to know that there's tools out there and to know that there's grief and loss coaching out there is is a great weight off of my shoulders as someone who deals with, you know, grief and loss as anyone does. Because if you're alive, you're going to deal with grief and loss. It's just part of life. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you and so much. And there's nothing Aaron. wrong with not being okay, right? There is nothing right. wrong with that. Right. And that's what we need to be sharing as well. Um and and it reminds me of a conversation you and I had in the past where you were talking about positive intelligence coaching in kind of like that wide stage. Uh and I just think that is another tool or uh, idea for people to kind of think about when it comes to grief and loss. So could you speak a little bit about the wise sage? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, the way that positive intelligence coaches and coaching sees the wise sage is that this is your true self. It's, it's the part of you that is aware of, how do I say, like the, the neutrality of a situation. Um, it's the part of you that is aware of the possibilities of, you know, opportunities and gifts that you can get out of a situation. But there's also this knowing that, hey, you know, this is this is this is temporary or this is something that um, you have the ability to to navigate or to deal with. And so The wise sage has five powers and they are our most, um, I would say, like human traits, (laughs) compassion, um, innovation, navigation in terms of your values. Um, And then we also have uh, explore, which is a curiosity. Um, And we have activate, which is to take action. So all of those five powers. are the traits that, you know, make humans human. And uh, it's the idea that we must first be aware of, you know, the fact that we are feeling these feelings, we acknowledge these feelings, and then we recognize that these emotions are a sign of something that needs our attention. And then we can go into our neutral stance to navigate the situation. Um, that's a long-winded answer, but <laughs> uh, that's essentially what the sage is. 
No, that's really helpful. And uh, just the framing of the stage is kind of a, a compass for ourselves and um, kind of thinking about how it relates to our authentic selves. And I, I just think that could be another <laughs> podcast idea. Um, absolutely. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, I wanted to ask you about what things that are happening in your coaching currently that you're really excited about. Oh, so I've been working on some writings that I'm really excited about. Uh, I have a monthly blog and, you know, every time I work on the content for that, it just kind of renews and refreshes my uh, perspectives and interest in this field because I'm often collaborating with people on my blog from different disciplines or different backgrounds in relationship to grief and loss. So whether that's people navigating careers through grief and loss or people who are first responders and navigating, you know, grief and loss, there's a a lot there that I constantly uh, am taking in and getting to learn about how I can best support, uh, best support people. I think the other thing I'm really excited about is I'm trying to run some groups here in the local community, um, start getting uh, some interest in those. And um, yeah, I think just, you know, I launched this business last October. So this is my year anniversary this month. Congratulations. Thank you. Looking back on um, this past year and, and my goals for this year, I feel just really energized in this work. Um, and also grounded. And it's kind of hard to have both of those feelings in a career sometimes, but I'm lucky that that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. What if, that's great. And, and what about you? What about your uh, world of work right now? What what excites you? Um, well, before I get to that, can you tell our listeners where they can find, um, you know, information if they're local, how they can get into those groups and your blog? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website is rootsandwingsgriefcoaching.com. And you can learn more about my blog as well as my groups on my website. Um, There's a group link as well as a blog link there. You can also check out my uh, Facebook um, and Instagram. And you can always reach out to me directly. Uh, My email is my first name, E-R-Y-N, at rootsandwingsgriefcoaching.com. Uh, and I love to hear from anybody if they have questions about grief and loss or if they don't know how they should support maybe a friend going through grief and loss right now, um, or if they're interested in, in just trying a free consult, I am open to, to really sharing this work as much as I can with the world. Wonderful. Now they know where to find you (laughs) besides this (laughs) podcast. In the Um, virtual world. (laughs) As for me to answer your question, I'm really excited because I'll be launching in the next couple of weeks this um, experiment that I have. I really do believe that we do a lot of work um, as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs uh, in our in our jobs, in our in our work. Um, And I just wonder, I mean, how many of us really sit down and take a moment to savor the excitement and those good feelings that come with a finished product before it's finished. Because often often we look at, I have this workshop I'm going to do, and I'm putting my heart and soul into this workshop. And then when it's done, 
we think, oh, you know, I could have done that better. <laughs> you know, so when do we <laughs> think about going back to your question, how do you want to grieve? How do you want to feel at the end of this workshop? So that you can practice and have fun. It's a virtual sandbox that I'm proposing. You go into this virtual sandbox and you talk about this thing, this project, this workshop, whatever it is. And you speak words that are going to evoke the emotions you want to feel when this is over. It's not over yet, but it's going to. And it's, it's, expressing the becoming of something, how it's becoming and your Mm. excitement about it and your anticipation um, and your hopes and dreams and aspirations for it. So you talk about it in such a way that it is inevitable that you are going to succeed. It's inevitable that you're going to feel this way. And this allows you to receive and allow this experience that's going to happen in the future. And that's what I'm going to be launching. It's, it's, um, it's a virtual sandbox. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet, <laughs> but it's in the works. I'm really excited about it. And I will be, you know, giving more information um, uh, about it and uh, in, in the future, probably in, in another podcast, I'll have more information like where you can find it right now. It's in my head, <laughs> but it's soon, soon to be available to the public. Yeah, that sounds so exciting. I will definitely partake in that. I could use the the calling in and and yes. also the envisioning the feeling aspects too, um, especially in the day-to-day of it, right? Because, you know, as a new solopreneur or entrepreneur, it's like you go through the rejections, right? And you watch anything that anybody shows on documentaries and that's what happens with people who are featured in those shows as well, right? It's knocking on doors over and over and over until you get the answer. Yes. But that's what I love about the sandbox that you're offering because it helps me stay buoyant through all of that to, to kind of really um, call in how I want this to go. And then the feelings that all manifest as well. Um, very cool. I love the way you put that. I love the put the call in. It's like everything's so succinct. I should just carry you with me. Now, all of that word salad that I just spilled out at you, please listen to Erin. She's going to put it more succinctly and clearly for you. Oh, but the imagery in your language is what really <laughs> evokes those responses, right? <laughs> right. Well, I, I should say, you know, the fact that you're able to very clearly and succinctly paraphrase what I do shows how clearly and vividly I explain things. Which is very clearly. Flute at the end, just kind of like a coaching nugget of wisdom. And maybe we thought about that before the podcast and maybe we haven't. For today, we have not. So we'll have to come up with our own theme and a, a nugget for you here at the end for this specific podcast. And that is a coaching skill, right? Helping your client distill down the conversation to something very meaningful. Um, so we'll, we'll get back to that for the end of this podcast. Um, but it sounds like we have a lot of ideas percolating for some reason. I like that word. I learned it when my grandmother used to say I'm percolating water on the <laughs> stove top or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So LaShawn, what else are we going to be talking about? <laughs> 
a lot about just um, giving information about, well, one of the things that we talked about doing is just addressing some of the myths out there about coaching, misconceptions, I should say, about coaching, one of which I, one of my pet peeves is um, that we give you advice and tell you how to live your life, which is just not the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would be a consultant. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, myths about coaching, misconceptions. We really want to be able to educate people who are interested in you know, self-help using tools and resources out there to improve yourself, to um, get through challenges in life and um, shed light on that, benefits and, you know, the pros and cons, that kind of thing. So think of anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that really sums it up well. Um, you know, ideally, we also get to a point in this podcast where you're able to coach yourself based off of, you know, all the conversations we've been having about coaching. Yes, it's it's still helpful and useful to utilize professional coaching, but um, when we can learn those skills, and this is something I think positive intelligence does so well, right? Um, when we learn those skills to to self coach, um, that's that's also something that can be really empowering. So we want to make sure that we're helping helping you get there um, as well. Um, so what do you think for today? Um, kind of a, a theme that we've circled in on or a coaching nugget of wisdom coaching nugget of wisdom let's see how about you like i would say i mean i i think this is kind of um overlapping on both of our ends just the ability to decide how you want to experience something whether it's grief and loss or whether it's um you know something else a challenge you're facing or a workshop that you're thinking about giving or a presentation you're going to give or something, um, a product you're going to launch out in the world. How do you want to feel about that? There's a lot of empowerment in that. So I would say, how yeah, about there like, anything that you can think of? I mean, I think the one for me is utilizing help, right? Because one thing, yes, we may have somewhat of an idea of how we want to do something or we may not at all. Uh, but even if we do have an idea of, you know, how our grief might be shaping us or, you know, whatever you're experiencing currently, I think it's always helpful to get objective insight through professional help. Um, and if, if that's not accessible, uh, maybe through an objective uh, a friend who can be objective or or a good listener and and really understand um understand you so yeah i think we're all works in progress and we all need each other and need the support that we can give each other and i think these gifts and tools that we've amassed uh, Lashawn and myself have been you know given to us to be able to share share with the public so we're happy to be launching this podcast uh with with the world Yes. And, and at, at some point, we would love to hear from you and get questions from you about things that you're interested in having to do with coaching and um, how to approach it, how, you know, what to expect. We're really looking forward to 
addressing your questions because it's really easy when you're in um, a profession and you kind of take for granted things that someone outside of the profession may not even think about. It may not even be a thought to them. So it's great to get feedback from our listeners and hear, you know, what you're thinking about. What are some unknown unknowns for us? Yeah. And you can um, submit those questions. We'll have a Google form up and a link out. Um, we don't have that here in the podcast today, but we'll make sure we get that out to you. Um, and yeah, I, I, I hope you have a, a beautiful, beautiful day and beautiful week. Uh, any final words, LaShawn? Likewise, just um, enjoy those little moments and um, just know that you you have the tools that you need to navigate and you also have help when you need it too. Great. Well, this is uh, our first episode of Coaching as Benevolence. I think next week we'll also get into talking a little bit more about what coaching as benevolence really means. Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.